This is the Maker's Garage, presented by Carbide 3D. All right, Kevin Barnett and Winston Moy, Maker's Garage. Here we go. And Winston, we're doing this quickly in the middle of the week. Talk about creativity. That's one of the ideas. Get people excited about making things on the weekend. I wonder with your creativity, who's responsible? Does it come from somewhere in your family? Um, not sure. Um, because there's not really been any engineers in my family, at least in my immediate family. Um, like my cousin's an engineer. There are engineers in the family, but neither of my parents were. Uh, my dad, doctor, my mom was a stay-at-home, um, but she was pretty crafty. Uh, she made a lot of the furniture that we had growing up, so a little of it could be from that. But uh, that's more than felt and some puffy paints, right there. Your mom's making all the furniture. That's cool. It is, but it also, like when I went to college, that wasn't really something that um, directed me at all. Um, because I went into school open options engineering because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I participated in some senior projects and I saw people playing around with Arduinos and like uh, like Baja um, racing cars and yeah. things like that, that it really started to click and I could realize uh, what are the technologies that are available to me and what are some of the cool things that I can build or construct or design. Arduino is something I want to do more of. It's like nowadays there's Raspberry Pi and there's a whole lot of other um, integrated platforms, but Arduino is a really, really affordable, easy way to get your hands on uh, some hardware that can affect real-world change with just code um, because it's really easy to, to build something static, a bookshelf or something. But if you want to design something with some logic, with some electronics, with some LEDs, with some sensors, yeah. uh, you really need like a brain, a computer behind it uh, to do that. And that's what Arduino is great at. Um, so if you, I highly recommend it. I might have one laying around if you want to borrow it later. Yeah, I feel like it's an unexplored world that I have yet to, to touch down on. It opens up a lot of doors. Like you think yeah. designing woodworking projects, you have so many options. When you can design things that move, that walk, that tell you the temperature that you can build an LCD screen into, there, there's, it's just, it grows exponentially what you can make. Okay, I'm going to find a way to tie it back into what we're doing here at Carbide3D. We're making something with our machines with an Arduino. That would be fun. Yeah, I'll figure that one out. That's on to me. So you said it started in college for you when you took a class. Do you remember a time before that that you were creating things or making stuff? It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what you're doing now, but kind of in that bend. Um, so I was lucky that in my high school there was a class called, I think it was Technology Studies. Um, but basically it was just a, a really open-ended tinkering, not quite like woodworking, not quite uh, like electrical, not quite metal shop. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like a, a creative thing. Like um, it's almost a precursor to like the first robotics competition. Um, they'd come up with like little prompts of like challenges you need to solve and hey, you can only use like a mousetrap as your power source for whatever vehicle. Um, so it, it kind of forced you to budget out what you could do with the limited materials on hand. It very much felt like uh, you were MacGyvering everything. <laughs> Swamp um, gas and bamboo to get yourself out yeah, of whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one um, particular activity or prompt that still sticks with me. Um, there was a, an objective, um, like a problem statement, saying that 
around this corner, there's a hole in the wall, and there's an egg sitting on a post, and you need to be able to push that egg off the post without being able to see it. Um, but you know where that hole is, uh, he, you have all the materials available at your disposal, and people went crazy. They were like, I'm going to build a RC vehicle that I, that's going to drive around blindly in a certain radius and with a little poking thing above it. Um, you could um, handle these things, right? Uh, there, it wasn't like a, it has to be hands-off. It was like build a contraption that you control. Uh, so people were like making these like really elaborate truss structures to um, carry like a little um, like a large end effector or like a, a big like softball size thing to try and maximize like uh like perfectly fit the hole to align to the hole and then punch through uh and i just i i took a stick and i took some a clothes hanger and i just bent it twice into a u-shape and i just poked the egg off the um the stick and like everyone else was like taking like a full hour to come up with a contraption and i just finished it in five minutes um and it's just it comes down to like filtering through all the the literal garbage that you see in front of you and figuring out what's the bare minimum you need to solve a problem. And that's what I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed. And that exercise stuck with me because I spent the next 55 minutes just goofing around in the classroom while everyone else was frantically trying to build elaborate contraptions. I was thinking that exact thing. If you made a curved stick as you push the stick through the wall and it straightened out, it would actually take up a tremendous amount of space and decide to push nearly <laughs> anything off of anything. Yeah. yeah. But when you're... When you're a student, when you're excited by something, yeah. you kind of just, it's its kind of like how sometimes I'll see a project where it's like, I look at something and I see all the possibilities and I get really excited and I lose sight and the, the scope of my project grows um, when yes. really all I needed was just the bare minimum, minimum viable product. Um, a curve stick. Yes. <laughs> For me, uh, the responsible party is probably my grandfather on my mom's side. My dad did not know what to do with the screwdriver. Horrible with tools. And my brother's horrible with tools as well. Not creative in that way whatsoever. But my mom didn't really have time for it as a single mom. But my grandfather worked on the Manhattan Project, was a, a materials chemist for DuPont hmm. back in the day. And he was a, a fine woodworker in his basement, had an amazing shop. And it was something that actually surprised him. I was a little bit of the black sheep of the... The grandchildren, there were 24 of them, and I was probably the worst behaved of the group. And one day I was hanging out with him in his shop when he was in his late 70s, and we used $10,000 in tools to make an $8 product. <laughs> Just a little stand for an uh, apple core peeler, an old-time one that you spin, mm-hmm. and it cuts the apple, uh, cuts the core out while it spins the apple in for pies or whatever you want to do. And he was shocked that I liked to make stuff and did make things. At that time, I was making uh, reptile cages because I was a herpetologist at, the, at that point, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, housing and caging reptiles and keeping them. And so I built all the cages by hand. But as a kid, it, it manifested itself in, you ever played Blood Bowl? Any Warhammer stuff growing up? Uh, my friends did. I did not partake. Okay, it's super it was a nerdy. Very, uh, it seemed like a very expensive hobby. It's horribly nerdy. <laughs> uh, horribly nerdy, actually. How old are you? Uh, 32. Okay, so I'm 46. So we're separated by a good amount of technology when it comes to growing up. You know, we didn't have a ton, so we that was our whole world was the virtual world. And I would spend hours painting mm-hmm. those things. And then I also raced RC model cars forever. But you'd have to, you know, build them and race them and tech them and, and repair them. And, and I love that aspect of it. 
I'd also do computer programming in the early days of that when you go to the library because they had the computers because you didn't really have a PC unless you had real money. Mm -hmm. And go down there and program, okay, this dot, that dot, orange, and like make pictures and stuff. I think that was kind of the first inkling of the creative side of me. Okay. You know, I do remember back in, I think it was fourth grade, there was a, like our, our computer class was fairly rudimentary. Like you had your, your basic educational games, but there was also, um, it was by Microprose, I think. And it was like Turtle Talk or something. Okay. Um, but it was a really basic scripting language where you have turtles that move around. You can say, go forward, like five pixels, turn left, go forward 10 pixels. And from that, you could draw out different patterns and depending on the angle you chose um, and the colors and the line width, you could sort of make art. And it was almost like um, very similar to like how uh, SVGs are made. Yeah, um, like an exasketch, but yeah. in programming. Yeah, um, And I, I enjoyed that a lot, and I actually got pretty deep into the, the programming side of that. Um, so I guess, I guess there were signs that I was creative way back when, um, but it was, there, there are certain discrete things that stick around in my head. It wasn't like I just, I spent my entire childhood taking apart things and building them. And right. There was never any indication that um, I would aspire to be like a Tony Stark. Okay. <laughs> That's a good aspiration. I didn't, I'm not that high. Uh, well, stick around a little, dream a little more. Okay. You'll get there. Once you start playing around with Arduino. Yeah. Then I can build a flying suit. Pretty much. That's the next step. <laughs> no, I like that. And, and I've, as I've acquired more powerful tools, getting a little older and spending some time, I started spending a lot of time with Adobe. First, I got a crack copy and taught myself Illustrator. And that was my first real introduction to working with vectors on a full-time basis. And then using Illustrator to make funny magazine covers for my friends that looked like the actual magazine, but was all <laughs> headlines and jokes about them. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things. I jumped into CNC in that same regard because I wanted to make more physical stuff. I remember you talking about that, that it was too much theoretical in school and wanted to actually make stuff. And that's been amazing for me. I've added to a bunch of my productions. I'm not afraid to bring random things to a broadcast uh, that, that people end up using or we end up using as a prop or something associated with the brand. I enjoy bringing value in that way. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's extra fun when you bring it to other people, right? Because it's something they're not expecting or something they're not used to. Uh, so like, when you brought in that, uh, was it that hammer? <clears throat> the yeah. hammer for volleyball? Four foot tall, 16 pound yeah. hammer, yeah. I mean, that's something that you created, but that's also something that they would never think to create. So it's extra surprising, it's extra delightful mm -hmm. uh, to be able to share with others what you make. I love the moment of reveal. Mm -hmm. I, I get frustrated in the shop sometimes because what I want to make, what I see in my mind is not there yet and it's just taking forever and I'm just sick of being there because I want it to be done. I want to see it in actuality and more. I want to just give it to the person and have that moment of them just loving it and then move on. Like I don't, I don't need massive credit or something, but I, I, I love the moment of someone else enjoying something completely unique that was made for them. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's, um, I don't know if I enjoy more the appreciation aspect or the surprise aspect of like, Oh my gosh, you made that. Yeah. Um, but both are pretty gratifying. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things you can do if you if you are in CNC, you can routinely do that and kind of surprise people. That's why I call it magic. You can mm -hmm. be a magician in that way. People have no no idea how you even did it or how you created it or how you came up with the idea. And for me, the ideas just tend to roll one to the other to the other if you just start experimenting with a process. 
I've been doing that this week in here, experimenting with a jewelry project. I've never made jewelry before, but why not jump off and just see what, what can be done? I enjoy the iteration of, okay, where's this going to take me? Mm -hmm. And I mean, unless you take that first step, you never will be able to improve on it. So you could think about a jewelry project for like days, weeks, months. Um, but until you actually take that first step and start producing it, start making it, start experimenting, uh, you're not really going to improve. You're not going to learn what works and what doesn't work. So you got to just jump in sometimes. But we talked about this before, by the third iteration. Yeah. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I could go further. But by the third one, I'm, I'm like, all right, there's, there's something here I can work with. The first one usually sometimes is just terrible. Yeah. But also um, you'll find different permutations, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about your jewelry piece and we're thinking instead of maybe just assembling these pieces and stacking them together, maybe you inlay them. Um, the first and second iterations are usually where you truly figure out uh, what techniques you have in your toolbox, in your arsenal that you can use on it. Yeah. And so hopefully by the third one, you, you figure out, all right, I want to use this technique and that and that, and you come up with a final product that you really like. Even just right now, because that first one's kind of an amulet that you would wear on a long chain or on a long leather piece. But I'm thinking about the amulet as a layered thing. I, I have a layered project in the works here that I that I want to put together. But I would love to do a different project with that, but then also apply it back to the jewelry project and go, hey, what if you do three layers mm -hmm. purposely all behind one another in the same sort of structure? I like applying different and other methods to an existing thing that I made. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep playing around. I'm sure, you know, this idea that you have now will probably change if you do it again. Um, I'll put an Arduino in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you make it light up, LEDs, make it flashing, who doesn't like something that lights up? I like anything that lights up, except neon under a car. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> down with that as far as I'm going to take it. But yeah, anything else lights up, I love. And yeah. my kids actually ask me often, does it have to light up? <laughs> yeah, it does. Matter of fact. Makes everything much cooler. Um, I actually have a stash of LEDs that I keep around just for random projects that I want to light up. Um, I got to do that again. Like the, I think the last time I played around with like an LED strip and experimented was making um, an infinity mirror. Mm -hmm. um, and like that was just repurposing some old RGB LEDs and the result was actually really cool. So... I miss playing around with that because it's it's just enough electronics to make you feel like you accomplished something. Um, my background's mechanical engineering, so electrons scare me. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know that about mechanical engineers. It, it's it's a weakness of a lot of us okay. uh, in that field. Um, but like LEDs, it's just positive negative. Hook them up. Th maybe throw in a resistor so you don't burn it out. Hook it up to a battery and it lights up. Um, and it's it's really rudimentary. You got to do a little bit of soldering, um, but you feel just a little more accomplished afterwards because you integrated electricity into your project. Um, so I, I find it pretty satisfying. I love it. I love it. Are right, you out there? Have your marching orders? Go out and make something on the weekend. Do something different, kind of like last week. But go out and do something different. Add something different. Put a different treatment or a method on something, and see what you make. Yeah. Or if you have an old project and there were always some nagging doubts in it where it's like, oh, maybe if I, I just improve it differently, just try it. Don't don't sit on those ideas. Go out there and satisfy your curiosity. Don't be afraid to fail either. I have a, a thing I made with our machine 
I had this idea for a photo frame. I made it and it looked like it came from cost plus and cost about $6. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm not going back to that one, but don't be discouraged by a little bit of failure that you'll get through that. Yeah. All right. Kevin and Winston, it's the Garage. Out.